Today's guest, Mal Dupre, is a homeopath and yoga instructor in Bermuda. She will be sharing some valuable information on how she was able to use not just homeopathy, but also yoga to process her own personal journey of grief. Early on in life, Mel realized that her calling is to help herself and others to be happy, healthy and free. And as an adoptee, she has struggled with the feelings and consequences of loss, grief and abandonment. Working diligently to overcome this for herself, she now assists others in their process and is humbled and honored to do so. She developed a passion for complementary medicine over 20 years ago after completing a human science degree at UCL. And then she went on to the London College of Classical Homeopathy and then spent time on post-grad work at the University of Westminster. She enjoys practicing homeopathy to this day and knows it's one of the most profound systems of medicine available. Leaving her Bermuda Island home as a teen, she spent many years in the UK, which led her down a path of revelation and self-discovery through study, clinical practice and work in homeopathic pharmacy. She spent years travelling to India to learn from Rajan Sankran and the Gondia Homeopathic College and Hospital to Ghana, where she ran homeopathic clinics and other various countries around the world. In 2000, she began to practice yoga on and off, but it wasn't until her trip to India, where she practiced daily, that yoga really helped tremendously to unlock her own health issues due to stress at the time. And this experience sparked her interest to teach yoga, and she went on to complete the 200-hour yoga training in 2011 with Yoga London. Mel has found that yoga and homeopathy together really complement each other incredibly well, giving clients the opportunity to transcend illness and transform into a new state of being. Life is a journey. For Mel, it's one of fun, healing and devotion. And by embracing this, there is a quest for deep connection and understanding of herself and others. Her message is one of hope, that healing is possible and that it is something that comes from within. Mel's website will be live soon, so keep an eye on the show notes as we'll update it as soon as it's ready. In the meantime, you can reach Mel at meldupre at yahoo.co.uk. That's M-E-L-D-U-P-R-E-S at yahoo.co.uk. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout, where we discuss all things homeopathy from around the world. And now my mum and your host, Eugenie Kruger. Hello, homies, and a very warm welcome to Homeopathy Hangouts. Today, we get to hang with the lovely Mel Dupre, all the way from Bermuda. Now I'm going to have the Beach Boys song in my head. (laughs) Welcome, Mel. (laughs) Hi, Eugenie. Thank you so much for having me on. It's such a pleasure to have you on. Why is it so fun to say Bermuda? And it's just, there's something about it that just, yeah, the word itself. I don't know why. Maybe there's a homeopathic case in that. So Mel, tell me a little bit and tell our listeners how you were first introduced to homeopathy. Okay, so I I have quite a fun story, actually. I was sent away at a young age at 16 to uh, do A-levels in the UK from Bermuda. So it was quite a shock to go (laughs) over to the UK where it was so different and so cold, of course, in comparison. And the intention was that I would study medicine, allopathic medicine. Well, as I got there and it cut from the umbilical cord, as it were, um, I realized that that wasn't what I wanted um, because I started to get introduced to things like essential oils and vegetarian diets and uh, acupuncture. I remember those are the first things. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I've never heard of these things before. And then eventually I got introduced to homeopathy. And I tell you, that captured my heart. I just fell in love instantly. <laughs> Uh, so 
I made a compromise and I said, okay, well, I'll do a degree, a, a BSc degree in, in human science. So I went from Harrogate to London and that's where I further fell in love uh, with life. I really sort of came into myself living in London and at university. But in my third year, when I was doing my exams, my final exams, I I don't know how I got my hands on it. I probably saw in a bookstore, The Science of Homeopathy by George Lithorcus. Well, <laughs> I totally just drenched myself in that book. And I did study for my exams and just about passed. But I was just on my path then to homeopathy. So when I finished university, I went to study at the London College of Classical Homeopathy. Uh, and yeah, I was just in my element. So going from a sort of average student, I was just top of the class. I just in, enjoyed every moment of learning about the organon, about remedies, everything was just amazing. And it is amazing once you're in that flow and once you're going with what you should be doing, everything becomes so much easier because I remember studying homeopathy as well and working and being pregnant and studying and everything else. And it was never an issue. It was never, it was so easy. It was never an issue because that was, you know, just what you were meant to do. That's it. And how was life different for you from Bermuda to London? I mean, that's a, that's probably a big jump, I'm guessing, and away from your family. Yes, but I got used to it and uh, it was actually the best thing that I ever did. Mm-hmm. Definitely the best thing I ever did. And and I wanted to say, actually, just while I was studying homeopathy, obviously, I started to see a homeopath. So all the things that were going on in my life at home, which were, I'll say traumatic. I mean, it's relative, right, what traumas are. But for me, I was in a very emotionally depressed state Mm -hmm. so I started being prescribed homeopathic remedies and I started to emerge from that state Mm -hmm. myself so that's how I knew that homeopathy actually worked Mm -hmm. and you have a special place in your heart for helping people with grief using not just homeopathy but yoga as well right so you're going to have Indeed, to yeah. tell us a little bit about how that all intermingles because we haven't had somebody on the show yet that combines these two. So how, how did you get into that and how does that even work? So just going back to my earlier years, I was adopted at four days old into a very loving family, I have to say. They loved me immensely. However, for me, there was something not right You know, there was an unspoken, unidentified feeling, which I didn't quite understand then. Even growing up and into my 20s, I didn't understand it. It was much later that I really came to terms with it all. But looking back, I realized that I was was grieving. I, I had lost my birth mother and father, and since which I know that I had a sister that was older than me. So I must have known her on some level, uh, even in the womb, because I was only four days old when I was given up. So I had lost that connection and almost forced to find other connections with people unknown to me. But as I said, they were very loving and embraced me. You know, they, they adored me. So I was very fortunate in that regard. But the subject of adoption is huge, and it's not for this moment. Um, But just the basics of it is that I was grieving. I realized that now for a very long time. 
So on my journey, I I was unfortunately afflicted, if I can use that word, with eczema. So I suffered with eczema for a very long time. And it got worse after my father died. So my adoptive father passed away in 2005. And after that, my eczema just went berserk. So I, for 10 years, I tried to get a handle on this. And in the process, I got further into understanding myself using homeopathy, but other modalities as well, acupuncture, changed diet, all of those things to help support myself. And it wasn't, as I said, for 10 years. And then my mother, adoptive mother passed away at that point, at which time my eczema started to subside. So for those of you that know anything about eczema, it's this expression or lack of expression of self from voice and coming out through the skin, as well as the connection with the lungs, connection with the, the intestines, you know, and it was just this really revealing experience. So my eczema was actually my biggest teacher. <laughs> and as much as I suffered, I realized that there was a lot of learning there and I survived it. Mm. So through that, uh, there was a point where I ended up in India and I was at an Ayurvedic clinic there. And I was doing, I was taught yoga one-on-one. -on -one. There weren't many people around. I think it was the off season in Goa. And um, I was taught yoga um, every day. I had, I had this experience of yoga and I realized how helpful it was for my nervous system. Because at that point, I wasn't sleeping properly. I was just a nervous, you know, just having mm -hmm. a nervous breakdown and I was a wreck. But the yoga helped me tremendously. So it was at that point after I left and I went back to the UK that I realized that's something I wanted to embrace. And I wanted to be able to share it in my practice. So not only with homeopathy, but helping people with yoga as well. So that's what I've done. And I love it. That's so it. amazing. Yeah, yoga is pretty amazing. I uh, I have to admit, I've been shocking. I just keep keep putting it off, but it's something I need to get back into. I used to be so good when I was pregnant with my kitties, and um, I remember just how good it made me feel doing it. And um, yeah, it's. I mean, is there anything else? I, I'm a newbie with yoga, so is there anything else that you could tell other newbies like me? Maybe some encouragement on how to get in it or how it can help our bodies and and how you see that. Uh, interplaying it and also how in what way that helped you with the grief because that's you're using it also specifically to help with the grief right I am yeah hmm. so let me just first say about trauma I use that word at the beginning so trauma really is about loss of, hmm. of something hmm. loss of connection loss of power loss of safety it's hmm. loss yeah leaving vulnerable really and the natural reaction the natural emotional reaction to loss is grief and then if we take it a step further if our if we're not allowed to grieve and often we aren't you know society doesn't really allow for grieving they sort of give a you know pay lip service to it but we don't really em embrace the process of grieving so if that's not allowed then we can fall into anger 
And generally, when anger isn't allowed, the body will contract. It will brace itself with tension. And we store that within our, in our body, in our organs, in our systems. Mm. And that's where we can come into a diseased state. Where yoga comes in now is that it allows us, knowingly or unknowingly, to release that tension. And it's such a powerful thing. Even the embracing breathing, which is the first step of yoga, yeah? We're conscious of our breath, aware of our breath. Changing our breath can change our mood. You probably know this. You know, if you get some good news, you can, you, your breathing becomes shallow and you become excitable. Mm. But if you get bad news, the breathing becomes, that's mm. classic sigh of Ignatius. Mm. Yeah. You, you sigh and become heavy. Mm. But being aware of this breathing can just help to regulate the body, regulate the mood and release the tension that we hold. You've explained that so beautifully. And I don't know why I've never thought of trauma as being the loss of something, but you're so right. And as you were saying that, I was thinking of the trauma cases I've had in my clinic. And yes, every time, if you actually kind of just distill it down, it was because there has been a loss of some sort. And I'm just thinking, I deal with a lot of birth trauma in my clinic. And even that, you know, it's like a loss of power. It's a loss also of that, you know, that dream they had of how this was going to be such a beautiful birth. And then that dream is lost or that, you know, hope is lost. So, um, that's such a great way to describe it. But yeah, you're really right. It, it does kind of boil down to that. And uh, I love mm-hmm. how you have described how, yeah, how the yoga can can help your body physically with with all that. It's But I guess, I mean, there's obviously more to yoga. There's, I guess, more of a spiritual side to yoga as well, which, you know, some people embrace. And you don't necessarily, I guess, have to have that side for yoga to be beneficial. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm the newbie here. <laughs> No, that's that's true. You don't necessarily need need to be tuned into it or know the theory of it. It happens. (laughs) It happens regardless. Yeah. And that's kind of like homeopathy, whether you believe in it or not, or whether you want to go deep into it or not, it's got to (laughs) work. Absolutely. And another fun fact is, (laughs) is that I enjoy using homeopathy and yoga together. So literally together. So taking remedies. So if I'm on deep acting remedies if I take them before my practice wow it can be such a transformative practice and I don't know if I'm just hoping that that you know that's true but I don't think so because I feel it it's my experience Uh, it doesn't really matter if it's true or not if you're getting the benefit of that (laughs) then that's really all that matters right that's what I always feel yeah it's the result that matters um I'm used to in groups as well in groups so you give the whole group a remedy Yes, usually oh. a chakra remedy or something like that. Okay, you're going to have to talk to us about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, more as an experiential, you know, just fun thing to do because it's not like taking um, the case beforehand and then yeah. it's just like, here, would you like to try this for your crown chakra and see if you connect, you know, how, what happens in that and never really going into detail afterwards, but just for the for the students to see for themselves what happens. Yeah. 
Well, that's really fun. And are you using, uh, we're actually doing something similar at the moment. We've got a group of uh, mums who are using the butterfly remedies. And the first week of every month, we try a different butterfly remedy, but we don't know what it is. And everyone's just writing down their experience. It's just like a very informal proving. But um, because homeopathy is so safe and it is so powerful, it's really incredible to experience these remedies. And also, you know, some homeopaths will say, oh, you have to be careful what remedy you give because it can suppress, which I don't ever believe homeopathy does. But at the same time, Samuel Hahnemann proved 120 remedies on himself in his lifetime and he lived to be 88 so he did something right so I do think it is good even if it's just for a little bit of fun and I know some homeopaths are going to watch this and go oh or listen to this and go you can't just use it for fun but just to it, it in a way it helps us to be more in tune with our bodies because I've actually felt with us doing these butterfly remedies as approving it's forced me to be more in touch with my own body because I'm like Okay, maybe I'm a little bit more hungry today. And then I'm like, well, is this because of the remedy or is it because of something else going on or actually noticing I'm a little bit happier? Is it the remedy or why am I? What could possibly be going on that could be causing this? So it's actually consciously making you more in tune with your body and more aware as opposed to just go, go, go and disregarding things. But I also want to ask you, yeah, yeah, I want to ask you, Mel, with the, um, you said the crown chakra remedy, are you using the Narayani remedies or do you have some other remedies that you use for that? Well, I actually have a remedy machine. Okay, cool. So in the guide there, there the chakra. Oh, wonderful. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. I've had but a I do use it Narayani. Oh, you do? Oh, I love those remedies. They're so amazing. Them. And there's like a spiritual awakening remedy. That would be a good one to use with the yoga. And there's... Um, yeah, a few of those, you know, chakra remedies and gemstone remedies. And I actually wonder, have you tried the butterfly remedies with your yoga sessions yet? That would be a great one to try with your yoga, I reckon. I haven't, but I have tried a butterfly remedy with one of my clients and the transformation in this woman was just phenomenal. She oh, truly so... spread her wings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I'm on a bit of a tangent with the butterflies at the moment, so I just have to rein myself back in and we'll just get, get back in. So for yourself, what sort of remedies, like would you use a constitutional remedy before you use your yoga or what? And do you do it every time or just sometimes? Like talk to us a little bit about that process because I know some people are going to be listening to this and going, oh, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, not every time, but I have done in the past, not so, so much recently. Um, but yeah, if like if my home, I still see a homeopath um, or contact one on Zoom. Good, <laughs> yeah. Days. Because actually I am the only homeopath in Bermuda. Uh, that was so. my next question. Is, is homeopathy yeah. well perceived? Do people even know what it is? <laughs> oh, they, they do so. Yeah, more so now. Yeah. Thanks when to I you. When I first came back. <laughs> Yeah, a few years, uh, 2003, hardly anyone knew what homeopathy was. Um, and it was a real struggle to have a practice. I worked in other jobs, so I'm having a practice, but now it's different. I mean, now more people know and they're seeking my service and understand, even if they don't understand homeopathy, they understand or know that they're seeking something other than allopathic medicine or in conjunction with allopathic medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if you could maybe have a chat with our listeners about as well, anything else you can say about grief or trauma or homeopathy, or maybe how a homeopath can help somebody coming to seek help for grief and trauma. Like what, what would that process look like? What sort of things would you discuss? Maybe a couple of your favorite remedies that you might use and how you incorporate the yoga into that just in a, in a case setting. So people, if people want to book with you, that, that they know what sort of thing they can expect. 
So I'll just say, first of all, that, you know, if we think of loss and the opposite of loss is gain. Mm. And how I like to think of it is that when we heal or we're open to the possibility of healing, then we gain. We can gain our power back. We can gain connection with ourselves and with others. And we can feel safe again. So uh, if I give you a couple of examples, perhaps, of um, two women that have come to me recently who have lost their husbands, and they're mature women, you know, um, in 70s and 80s, um, and they reached out to me. And one in particular, I'll start with this one, she was in a terrible state. She, um, and I knew her previously and had treated her, but I hadn't seen her for a while. And when she contacted me, she was pretty much disoriented. Like she, she was overcome with grief, basically. And uh, we had a consultation, and we talked. You know, we talked about where she was and how it felt, uh, what was going on with her physically. And I gave her natmule, high potency of natmule. And I we did quite quickly after a couple of days later, we did some yoga. And she was already doing yoga in her life, so she mm. knew what to expect. And then I saw her uh, that same week, a few days after that. And I've been seeing her twice a week since then, so for a few months. But within, honestly, Eugenie, within the first three weeks, the progress that she had made mm. was incredible. She was back to herself, feeling empowered, um, taking things in, in their stride, you know, sorting out the things that had to be sorted out when someone dies you know when your spouse dies and you have to do things of the house and the paperwork which was so overwhelming mm. and then you know eventually she just took put one foot in front of the other and got it done and she's just in such an amazing place now mm-hmm. and there are moments where she gets down but nothing compared to that first instance when, when I saw her that's yeah. amazing. And do you then actually do like a one-on-one yoga session with people? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is really I cool. Do. Wow. Is that something you can yeah. do over Zoom or do you just do it in person? Could do over Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, I've just been so far been doing it one-to-one in person here. Oh, that's always going to be locally. better anyway. Yeah. 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 And I, I do like to, I like that touch. So I can put the hands on and, and feel and also guide people, you know, if they're having sh- tension in their shoulders. The other lady that I mentioned, she has a lot of shoulder issues. And I often put my hands on her shoulders and just say, breathe into my hands. And she's like, the oh. heat radiating from your hands. Oh. <laughs> You've got such healing hands. <laughs> she said. That is beautiful. <laughs> and mm. I gave her Ignatia and I gave mm. her some Natmure. Um, and again, she also is finding her way. Hers is, her situation is more recent. Mm. that's amazing Mel and I wonder if you can maybe tell our listeners about homeopathy and whether it suppresses the grief because I'm sure they list they some people would be listening to this and thinking well how is homeopathy helping is it just actually suppressing the grief and that's how the person is able to carry on or how would you describe the process of what homeopathy does so that the person is able to carry on with their life sure I think with grief, there is some talking that needs to happen mm. um, and an understanding of what's going going on. 
where the homeopathy comes in, it allows for for the for any changes that need to take place and the process to happen. It, it supports that. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's suppression in it, but there is some sort of a process and understanding that needs to happen, not just here, take this pill and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And for yourself, how would you describe how homeopathy has made you feel in regards to grief? I'll just give you a quick little example. Like I just, you know, when my dad passed away, when I took Ignatia, it just made me feel like things were going to be okay. I can't describe it in any other way, but I was like, things are going to be okay. Like the, no, there was no suppression of the of the sadness. Like it's still there, but you just somehow know that it's going to be all right. So it's kind of like a light at the end of the tunnel. You could feel yourself yeah. carrying on. So I'm, I guess I'm trying to make people understand that it's not the homeopathy is not, not like take not taking away the grief or making you not miss the person. You will still yeah. miss them, but in a productive way as opposed to a destructive way. Maybe I don't. Maybe you've got a better way of describing exactly what homeopathy does because that's always when people say, "Well, how will I feel after the remedy, or what will happen?" It's so hard to describe mm. because it's so unique for everyone. But I do try to give people a little bit of a taster, so when they feel that, they know, "Oh, okay, that's the remedy that's doing this." How? Sorry, that's a tricky yeah. question. But how would you describe to somebody how a remedy could possibly make you feel when it comes to grief or trauma? Oh wow! <laughs> It is. It is. It's it's unique for everyone. It's it's very individual. But I'll give you an example. And I was going to say this before you started asking the questions. I think we're in tune. Good, good. (laughs) So when my mum died, it was such a blow. In fact, the day after she had passed away, I lost my voice. And and not that I lost it, but I, I developed this stutter. And I never had had a stutter in my life. But I, I, could, I was choking on my words. I couldn't get them out. Mm. And I took Ignatia. I self-prescribed because I knew that, you know, I was in the acute state. And the next, I went to sleep. And the next day I woke up and I was fine. Um, so that was, a, you know, the physical mm. triggered mm. by the emotional mm. that was corrected by the homeopathy. Um, in terms of that deep-rooted stuff, so for me, I was I was practically in bed for a year, and I think it was connected to losing the birth mother, triggered losing excuse me losing the adopted mother, triggered losing the birth mother, mm-hmm. and it was huge for me. Mm-hmm. I thought it was I was so hopeless. I thought I couldn't make it through. So I don't know if. You know, I couldn't say that there was one remedy because I've had loads of remedies around it. I've had Aurum and Natmure, loads of ignorance, carcinosis, all of that. Just Hopefully some lack maternum too. Lack maternum, absolutely. <laughs> and what was, what's interesting is that years ago, my homeopath said to me, um, you'll need lack maternum at some point in your life, but not right now. This was uh... some 10 years ago. And I finally came through all those layers. We talk about the layers of the onion and I've peeled away all those layers and taking that return currently. <laughs> oh, it's such a beautiful remedy. Yeah. It's actually one, <clears throat> just for our listeners, lac maternum is the remedy that's made from the breast milk of nine different mothers. And we've got lacumanum as well, which is just made for the breast milk of one mother. But it's just such a powerful remedy. I feel like you can give it to anyone and, and they would probably do well. Like it's, a, you know, that mothering yeah. and nurturing and, you know, finding yourself. It's an amazing remedy. Oh, absolutely. 
yeah, I think we all need it. We yeah. all sort of have some thing about detaching from our mother. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Being thrown into the world. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there was something else we were going to talk about. And well, I was just going, I was going to say um, that I really love homeopathy. You know, I've traveled quite a lot in my life. And I would always, wherever I would go, I would look out for homeopathic remedies and buy Arnica. Just to say I've had Arnica from every country I've traveled to. But what's really fascinating about it is that actually it's just the same. It's not like it's in Italian or it's in, I don't know, Portuguese or it's in some other crazy language. It's just Arnica in Latin, which makes it universal, which makes it so beautiful. That's true. I never thought about it that way. So even if you went to, you know, in any other country in the world, doesn't matter what language they speak, the name is going to be the same because it's all Latin. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of handy. We, we we thought that one out quite well, didn't we, 200 odd years ago? <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Exactly. Well, that's one of the things I do love about homeopathy is actually so much has remained unchanged in 200 plus years. I think, I think Hahnemann just got it right the first time. Like, you know, a lot has changed, like our methodologies and things like that, but the basis of homeopathy and what it is and how it works has remained unchanged for 200 plus years, which, I mean, it doesn't really say much if you look at Eastern medicine, but, you know, Ayurvedic and yoga and all that sort of stuff they've been doing for thousands of years and it's probably, you know, they remain mostly unchanged. So, but we've got 200 years, that counts for something, right? It absolutely does. So I wonder, Mel, can you tell our listeners, what is the message that you want them to get out of today's chat? So my message is one of hope. I think through my own suffering and being open to change, open to healing, I've, I've developed a compassion I think that's the thing. I've developed compassion and um, I want to share that message that healing is possible. We all have this innate ability to heal and change. That, in fact, that's what our body wants to do. You know, if we cut our finger, we don't have to do much. If it's a small cut, we don't have to do anything. Maybe put a plaster over it and it will heal. Mm. If we cut our finger deeper we may need a different type of aid we might need a stitch but the body will still heal I think listening to our body observing our body and knowing that it wants to heal no matter what the disease is whether it's a cut of the finger or some sort of a tumor or some sort of dysfunction of um, a bodily system or an organ our body wants to find homeostasis so listening to that, acknowledging that, honoring that, and giving the body the messages, the correct messages, in order for it to go down that path of healing mm-hmm. is all we really need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, homeopathy for me is so wonderful because it's, it's so simplistic and it's an information system. And once you understand that and you give the right information that the body is asking for, Phenomenal things can happen. Mm, I agree. And I wonder if you if you want to speak just a little bit about the a new path that you're potentially thinking of incorporating into your practice as well. Yeah, so <laughs> of late I've been thinking <laughs> of becoming a death doula. 
Now, when I tell people this, they're like, why are you so fascinated by death? And it's not that I'm fascinated by death. It's that I acknowledge that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And we are not here in this one moment. And that's the end of it. If we are truly energetic beings, energy cannot be uh, destroyed mm. nor created. So I, I am of the belief that you, we've been, you know, we've come through as this soul and into this body and will pass through on the other side. And so in the same way that we acknowledge uh, birth doulas, mm. you know, people who, you know about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you are doing yourself, aren't you? Oh, no, I, I used to teach hypnobirthing. So, yeah, I am passionate about pregnancy, birth, helping mums along that. I would love to be a doula so. along with, you know, and many other things, but homeopathy is all-consuming. So, <laughs> right. But doulas right. are amazing. They're so amazing. And this idea of a death doula is incredible. I keep hearing about it more lately, and there's a couple of mums here mm-hmm. in Perth that are training to do that as well. And um, actually one of the ladies we spoke about, I think it was Rachel Welsh or somebody on the podcast I spoke about recently that it hasn't been released just yet, but she is busy studying that at the moment as well. And I think it's absolutely wonderful. And of course you can use homeopathy so beautifully with that. That's something that we've mentioned in the podcast once or twice is that homeopathy can really help you with that transitional. Absolutely. So in the same way that you welcome someone into this life, in the flesh, you can also assist them uh, to transition and move on. Uh, in fact, two, I think it was two weeks ago, uh, a, client of, a client of mine reached out and she said that her grandmother was in the hospital and it wasn't looking good. And she, she was pretty traumatized by it. You know, she was pretty affected by everything that was going on. And so, and she just reached out to me through text, but I rang her up because I wanted to hear more. And so I got a better idea of what was going on. And I said that I would come and see her grandmother without knowing too much. I wanted to see her uh, just to establish what was happening. But Mm. intuitively, somehow, I knew to take Arsenicum 10 in, which I did. Mm. Because I really wasn't sure that she was in such a bad state. I didn't think she was transitioning in that day. Anyway, I left it with my client and I said, well, you know, you can use this if you want to. And she said, well, I won't tell the rest of my family. Anyway, she held on to it. Anyway, later that night, she said, well, how do I give it? How, you know, how many should I give? And the next day, her grandmother passed. Wow. And she had given the Seneca tenant and she she told me that it changed her breathing it calmed her breathing mm. because her breathing was very shallow mm. so she was able to calm her you know, breathing mm. calm and she was then out of her suffering mm. so it was pretty amazing <laughs> that is amazing I'm yeah. listening to this uh, 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 you know as you're speaking and I'm thinking I can I can just imagine having the you know the skeptics having a field day with us but with uh, with us that know <laughs> how homeopathy works and we know what arsenicum does for a client who is anxious, you know, at, at any yeah. stage in, in their life, anywhere from, you know, birth through to death. Uh, and arsenicum is such an incredible homeopathic remedy for anxiety and that fear. And, and uh, using it in stage of life, there's so many homeopaths that have amazing stories of how arsenicum has helped somebody at in stage of life. 
just actually be able to release and let go and be okay with that transition. So I think yeah. it's, it's beautiful. I, I do hope you take this further because I think you'll be amazing for it. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. I've been looking yeah. online for courses and things. So I, I, that's my next my next step. <laughs> well, I'll go find out who it was that spoke on the podcast about it and send you the details of the course that she did because there was definitely oh, a Oh, that, was, that yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Excellent. thank you. Oh, Mel, it yeah. was so beautiful to connect with you and I am going to have the Beach Boys song stuck in my head for the rest of the day. And... Um, <laughs> And um, I have, it's so, I actually have this funny story. I was about 12 years old. I remember it so vividly sitting on my mom's bed and a Beach Boys song came on the TV and my mom's like, oh, who sings that? And I was so shocked that my mother did not know who the Beach Boys was. So I think that's also with that song. I just remember that so clear. How do you not know who the Beach Boys are? And I'm giving away my age here, but anyway, that's okay too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget well, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, this I little island in the middle of in the middle of the Atlantic is is a quite a special place, I have to say. And I often think that you know there's some great remedies to be proved. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. I think you may have yeah. to arrange a, uh, a proving. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure if you're home, you pass. <laughs> look for an excuse to come over there. To- <laughs> make some more remedies you probably have some amazing things there that you could turn into remedies I'm sure absolutely plants and animals and and all sorts cedar and lizards and wow yeah you know the national things of the uh the Bermudiana flower is our national flower and it's so cute (laughs) and it has such a history yeah it had such a history with a woman who was deemed to be a witch and she was burned she was actually burned alive uh, for poisoning her slave master. And the, these flowers are thought to grow in her, and you know, the energy of her through these flowers. So, yeah, there are lots of mythical and folklore things that. And has that, has that not remedy. been turned into a remedy yet? Not yet. I've oh. got so much on my plate, Eugenia. <laughs> oh. so much I can do. But that it, sounds it's in the work. amazing. It's in the I work. can just from you saying that, I can imagine it would be a great remedy for healers, you know, just that yeah. all that persecution and yeah. Oh my gosh. Exactly. exactly. You, you're going to have to do that. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm booking flights to Bermuda. <laughs> Um, well, awesome. it was it was lovely to chat we'll with you. We'll be happy to have you. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and for sharing this with our listeners. And um, I really hope they reach out to you and that you know they would consider using homeopathy and yoga in in this this grief process mm-hmm. and know that homeopathy will give them you know can give them some hope and that there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much, Eugenie. <laughs> chat with you soon. Bye. And thank you to your listeners.